football on off the ball with Sky get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports this is News Talk now you're very welcome back so there was much talk about Harry Kane and the one love armband in advance of the England Iran game and as it transpired, as we know now, the protest of real substance was to come from the Iranian team. They refused to sing their national anthem. The anthem was booed by a large section of Iranian fans at the stadium. There was the amazing shot of one woman who was in tears and applauding her team as they refused to sing the anthem. For more on this uh, extraordinary moment and uh, the consequences potentially for the team, very happy to say we're joined by Jerry Longman of the New York Times and he's a best-selling author. He's been covering this story. Jerry, great to have you on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So this was a moment, I think it's fair to say, that we'll all remember from this World Cup. Just to give in relatively brief terms a, a backdrop and a context for this, the current revolution, the current rising in Iran began on September 16th, in effect, with the death of 22-year-old Massa Amini. She died in police custody, as it reports, amongst others, uh, alleging that she was beaten in a police truck, having been arrested by the morality police. And at her funeral, headscarves were ripped off, hijabs burned, uh, women cutting their hair. Uh, this has morphed into a mass protest. It has spread around the country and the clampdown from Iranian authorities has been uh, vicious. Uh, reports of 400 plus deaths thus far is about where we are in very basic terms, Jerry. Yes, yeah, so the um, the football Iranian football team known as uh, Team Meli has generally historically been um, seen to represent the people of Iran, not the government. But uh, it's sort of um, the Iran of everyone's imagination. But now, given the unrest in the country, the team represents kind of the divisiveness of the country, not the unity of the country. And so, uh, you know, what you saw, uh, what you saw on uh, Monday uh, during the playing of the national anthem was actually a a more complicated situation, I think, than than um, than appeared originally. So. you know, there there have been there have been a number of people who believe Iran should not be at the World Cup. Um, there are some who uh, believe they should go and and um, you know perform some act of civil disobedience, that kind of thing. So uh, some people I appreciated um, I think that not singing the national anthem, not celebrating after either goal. Uh, other some activists thought it was too little, too late. Uh, and actually, in the crowd, while some people booed, um, some people also chanted without honor. And it's unclear whether they were chanting that at the players because they didn't want them to be there or just the idea in general of Iran uh, being at the World Cup. We actually got reports that in, in a mall in Tehran um, that people were cheering every English goal. And uh, it's you know unclear exactly why, but. Perhaps, uh, you know, some people have suggested that the, the worse the team does, the worse that the Islamic regime looks or it just could have been, um, you know, just a, a, a kind of a protest against the team being there in the first place. But but the uh, so the national team has been uh, has been uh, 
not singing the anthem at, at various matches before mm -hmm. uh, the World Cup, both the national team and also the domestic uh, league teams, and they haven't been celebrating goals. So this, I think, was sort of viewed as sort of the least, sort of the least thing you could do, right? Or, or, or that you should do at least something, and that was the, sort of the least thing. Some people are demanding more, okay. uh, and as I said, some people don't want the team to be there in the first place. So that that is quite nuanced and complex because I do remember in advance of the World Cup there were the shots of the team covering the national emblem on their tracksuits during the anthem. So uh, the reaction in Iran then is uh, potentially in certain quarters a sense of well you're not doing enough anyway so you're not you know because they've been talked about this team almost um, even on this show and around the world as almost heroic in their stance but for many in Iran clearly that scene is that's the minimum they should do and maybe they shouldn't be there at all and, and so there's maybe a sense of indifference about their um their protest as it was yeah there's so jalal talebi who coached iran in the 1998 world cup and uh you know uh guided iran to its most important victory ever against the united states uh, he lives he lived then and lives now in northern california uh and he told me he says you know i given you know i Football is life for me, but I, you know, under these circumstances, I just don't think the team should be going. So if the former coach is saying that, you can imagine how complicated the feelings are uh, inside of Iran. Okay. I think some people wanted, so uh, the, re the recent, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, the Iran Super Cup, the team that won the powerful uh, club Esteglal, uh, one of their players actually wrote the names of one of the victims of, um, you know, of the protest. And so I think some people are looking for something like that. I, I obviously have no idea whether that would happen or not, mm. but uh, some people are looking for that. Some people I think will be looking for the, the game. Uh, Iran plays the United States on Tuesday and we'll be looking for some sort of solidarity from the Americans, a lot of people. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, whether it would be wearing some sort of bracelets with the, women life freedom uh, mantra that has become the mantra of the protest or some other kind of gesture, maybe also taking a knee as, as England did. Uh, we'll see whether, you know, whether that happens or not. Is it possible to deduce how much support the actions of the team has? Because in some respects, whilst I, I appreciate the point made by Manny and Aran and that former coach from 98 that you mentioned that they shouldn't be there at all. On, on the other hand, this has drawn further attention to what's going on in Iran. I think if any nation, I mean, I, I can imagine a Republic of Ireland team, if they were to not sing the national anthem en masse, it would feel significant. Is, is, is there no support for, well, go to the World Cup and make this point in the eyes of the world? I, I dare say uh, much of the world was struck by this protest on Monday and they wouldn't have been otherwise if the team, well, I guess if the team aren't there, that's pretty significant. But there, there is something maybe to be said for uh, seeing the visuals of a team standing against its own government. Right. So there, I mean, there are no, at least that I'm aware of, there are no sort of polls that you would see in Western countries, you know, how many people support this, how many don't. Yeah. Um, and clearly that was the debate that, that there are, I mean, we we spoke, uh, my colleague Farnaz Fahisi and I spoke to um, people inside of Iran and that was the, the debate. Some people do feel that, yes, it's, they should go because then it would be better to, um, you know, it, it would show the urgency of the situation to the world. Um, 
so they're they're definitely i mean it's not a you know monolithic feeling it's as i say it, it sort of represents a very divided country about what people should do yeah I, and do we have any idea then um the um supreme leader ayatollah ali khamenei and his um advisors i mean i dare say they thought the protest uh, was significant and uh, noted it. What are the potential consequences here for the players or the families of the players? Well, especially the players, you know, there are some players who will go back to the Western European leagues and then one uh, China, China league, but a lot of them will go back to playing in the domestic league. And so, you know, the, the risk is at the minimum, their careers would be disrupted or, you know, or worse. I mean, I, uh, you hate to be alarmist before something happens, but but they do they do have to take that risk. Although I have to say, in the lead up to the World Cup, um, you know, the player who uh, who was the most outspoken in solidarity for the protest, the forward um, Sadar Azmoun, who plays in Bayer Leverkusen, uh, he's on the team. I mean, there there were rumors that um, Carlos Quiroz, the coach, was pressured by the sports ministry not to include him on the uh, World Cup team, but he's clearly there. And he played in the you know second half against England. He's been hurt. But um, and so there, you know, if maybe nothing will be done, maybe maybe I mean, of course, I have no idea, mm. but maybe the regime would feel that. All right. If we punish these players, that would just, you know, further incense the protesters. And so, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, but I would but their actions or their non-actions leading up to the to the World Cup may suggest may suggest that uh, the one thing that that's happening sort of inside Iran is that, and they've done this historically. Uh, so, at this Super Cup match in in Tehran a, a couple of weeks ago, um, when uh, Estegal, the, the champion team, refu- uh, refused to celebrate afterwards, so they cut the state television, cut the live feed. They've done that in in um, they've done that in other domestic matches in recent years and crowds chant um, you know death to the dictator and things like that. They've lowered the sound or um, or um, or just cut away. So uh, it, it seems pretty clear that that none of those you know the the, the anthem was probably not shown um, on uh, Monday and then the. The signs in the crowd were not shown. They, there was expected to be a delay on state television so they could, you know, get around these uh, protests. Right. It would be interesting to know to what extent word has filtered through about the lack of singing during the anthem. I suspect to some extent or other. I was reading as well. I think it was in your piece, Jerry, uh, as the game unfolded on Monday. Iranian security forces were unleashing heavy gunfire against protesters in a Kurdish town in the west of the country. So. There is this absolutely awful backdrop to the World Cup, which continues. Uh, the um, the impetus behind the protests as things stand since September, where are we at the moment? So it's, uh, you know, I think it's a combination of, um, one, wanting to overturn, you know, clerical rule in Iran, and and two, also for more personal freedoms for, um, for women, including... Um, you know, uh, regular access to uh, to soccer matches. I mean, for you know, for since the late 1990s, women. The, this movement has been a pace for women to get, uh, you know, regular access to to stadiums, and they do have some limited access, but um, but still not not what they what they want. And there's the you know the infamous 
case a couple of years ago of um, actually one of the Estegal supporters um, who set her, who was arrested for sneaking into the stadium and then set herself on fire outside of the, the courthouse. Um, so uh, I think those are the two the two aspects: the sort of more personal freedoms and then actually overturning the um, yeah. the uh, you know, theocratic government. And as I mentioned, the clampdown has been severe. Uh, we've seen 400 plus reported deaths. So where are, are we at the moment in terms of the impetus behind the protests? Well, people that I've talked to said that, that they are going to go on and that, you know, um, that and that I'm and then evidence that right now would show the crackdown will continue to go on. I mean, who you know, I mean, no one that I've talked to thinks that the fall of the uh, theocratic government is eminent. I mean, maybe down the road or something, but but um, no one I've talked to has said it would happen immediately. I mean, I, one of my questions, and I, I don't know the answer, is whether... So in previous World Cups, uh, at least in the... I think it was the uh, the one in Brazil, women were actually allowed into the national stadium in Tehran to watch the match on big screen televisions. And um, I'm sort of wondering whether that's being permitted this time, if, if whether the whether the government is, is not allowing large crowds to gather. For instance, when uh, Iran played the United States in 2000, in 1998, yeah. um, the government actually shut down these, these sites where they, were, where they had the big screen televisions and closed the restaurants two hours before the match um, in case, in, in apparent fear that, you know, that, that celebration could break out into sort of political protests. Although they did allow the protest, they did allow celebration in the streets afterwards. But my suspicion is they aren't allowing um, large gatherings uh, the people uh, during this World Cup to watch matches given the unrest in the country. I was sitting at a petrol station last night in Roscommon and oh mother of God, the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are That mad. was the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental about it, yeah. That's Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. It's quite telling there, you know, you when we were talking about the sense as to whether the team were being viewed heroically for what they'd done or there was a sense of dismay that they hadn't done more. Uh, you, you mentioned it's not like we have polls to measure these things. And you used the word there like suspicion about mass gatherings. Uh, we seem to be working in large part of social media videos and pockets of information here and there. It's very difficult to get a definitive picture about what's going on on the ground day to day. Yeah, so we we actually had a reporter in Tehran uh, in 1998 for the U.S. Um, Iran match, and we don't now. So it, yeah, it's um, it's it's much more difficult to get a real sense of what's going on. What has Carlos Quiroz tended to say over the last month or so when he's asked about the situation? You know, <laughs> he. He quoted or paraphrased the Beatles and tried instead of, you know, John Lennon, instead of saying, give peace a chance, he's, he, um, what did he say? He said, um, give dream a chance. It seemed sort of tone deaf, like, mm. you know, there's the, the peace has become a kind of a nightmare in the country. So he just said, you know, we're trying to, to show pride in the country and, and that. Uh, but I think a lot of people uh, thought that was tone deaf. On the other hand, people are some people are enraged at the players because some of them bowed before um, Ibrahim Raisi uh, when they met him before leaving for the World Cup. So, uh, you know, there's so much scrutiny 
everything they do is scrutinized and and it's 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 going to be criticized by some applauded by others so so yes and you mentioned one of the players had been quite outspoken and and has been allowed to continue with the team Uh, generally uh, across the 23 odd man squad are they saying things about what's going on in any great detail or or anything striking being said the Sunday the uh, day before the match the the team captain um, mentioned this case of there was a 10-year-old boy who was uh, killed last week whenever uh, security forces opened fire on his family's car. And he had um, he had done a school science project where he ma- made a small boat and dedicated, dedicated it eloquently to the gods of the rainbows. And so the, the, the Iran captain opened his press conference on uh, Sunday by by opening with those words dedicated to the gods of the rainbows. Right. So um, that's been sort of one striking moment. Um, but mostly it's been the farmer players, you know, farmer star players like Ali Dai, who was a star in 1998. He, he was, he was uh, invited by FIFA to come to the World Cup, but declined saying, um, I'm in mourning. And Ali Karimi, another farmer star, has also been very outspoken. I mean, the players are obviously under a tremendous pressure, right? Not to say much. Uh, matter of fact, we were reported in our story a week or two ago that that there had been a, a really, uh, you know, uh, difficult argument between Sardar Azmoun, the outspoken player, and another player, um, Mehdi Tarimi, the, the both, the, who scored both goals in the, in the Monday's game, that they had had an argument uh, that, that um, Tarami believed that that uh, Osman shouldn't be saying what he was saying, that it was distracting the team and things like that. So even within the team, there appears to have to be or has been some sort of divisiveness. Mm. It's been, I, I'm, I'm so glad we did the piece because it's so much more complicated than I had thought. Because, you know, I was reading um, in the hardline daily uh, Vatan Emiru's, it was reporting protesters in Iran were celebrating the England defeat in the streets and there were cheers in coffee shops when England scored and there were honking car horns with joy after the game and there was description of motorbike drivers honking and chanting six after the game. And so I just took that to mean, well, I think you made the point earlier, there is a degree there of, well, any embarrassment for Iran at large is embarrassing for the authorities, therefore it's good. But now I'm half wondering if, well, despite these players under, you know, difficult circumstances and, and doing their best, despite these players not singing the, singing the anthem, that I'm, I'm now reading those reports and thinking, well, maybe those people are saying, well, good, you know, I'm delighted because they shouldn't be there in the first place and, and shame on them for even going. So I'm delighted they were beaten. And that, they're, <laughs> a, that, I'd like to know what the answer is because they are very different interpretations. No, they're very different interpretations. I'm going to be, I'm fascinated to see whether what happens on 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 Tuesday if people start cheering, you know, the United States goals inside of Tehran? That wow, would be wow. real fast. I mean, who? I, I don't know. I, I I was in Tehran. I spent ten days or so in Iran before the nineteen ninety eight World Cup, and I and 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 I have to admit, uh, 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 it's a very welcoming and highly educated society. And uh, but I have to admit that the longer I was there, the sort of the less I thought I knew about what was going on. It's a very complicated place. And um, mm. so it makes it it makes it sort of difficult to sort of explain the situation in black and white, you know. Yeah, it's an impossible situation for the players, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, and so in 1998, uh, it was a different government, a a reform government. There were moves to, you know, uh, improve relations with the United States before the United States played, uh, before Iran played the United States in uh, Lyon in France. The Iranian players uh, brilliantly, I think, undercut the sort of political tension of the moment by handing white roses, a symbol of peace to the American players. And then Iran came to the United States in 2000 to play uh, a friendly in Los Angeles where many uh, Iranian Americans live. And um, so, but that was a different time. That's a different government. That, that sort of hope of reform in those days has curdled, right? And now the people uh, yeah. don't see that chance for reform and they want to overthrow the government. So it's a it's a completely different atmosphere than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Mm. And Jerry, is it, I mean, I don't want to uh, get you to overstate your Iranian expertise here, but we haven't seen protests like this in Iran since 1979 and the Islamic Republic and the um, the protests then around the, the uh, reintroduction of the compulsory hijab. Is that right? I, you know, there was that green revolution in the not so distant past. There, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm really not qualified, probably, to tell you the history of, of the protest. But, um, but I've seen comparisons to 1979. Um, but, I, but to be honest, I'm not fully qualified to know. That's no problem. You mentioned as a last thought the potential for some kind of collective moment between the US team and the Iranian team when they play each other. Uh, what shape would that take? Do you know, have, have like discussions been had or is that just a, almost a, a feeling you have? I was, no, I was told there were um, going to be some kind of discussions uh, that uh, one Iran expert and analyst was going to speak to one of the officials in the American team and maybe suggest some possibilities. I mean, one would be, you know, to wear these bracelets that say uh, women, life, freedom, or to have a T-shirt maybe with with that on there, or, um, you know, take a knee or something during the anthem as well or something. I, I, those are, those have been what's been sort of thrown out as possibilities. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, okay. Uh, again, thank you so much for adding the nuance to all this, because, again, it's it's far more complicated than I had anticipated. So it's great to get your expertise on it. Jerry Longman of The New York Times. Thanks so much for your time, Jerry. Oh, thank you. Appreciate Take care. it. Thanks very much. Take. That's Jerry Longman there of The New York Times, best-selling author as well. Our football coverage here in Off the Ball with thanks to Sky, all the football you love in one place, including Sky Sports and BT Sports. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland Women's National Football Team This is News Talk